This is ARRL's Eclectic Tech, a bi-weekly look at the technical and scientific side of amateur radio with your host Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Eclectic Tech is brought to you by ICOM. ICOM, for the love of ham radio, is about the passion for an incredible hobby. Visit ICOM in the community webpage at www.icomamerica.com forward slash community. I'm on the telephone with Lynn Holcomb, NI4Y. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Hey, you've got to tell me how you got the nickname Lynn. Ah, uh, okay. So um, my legal name is Gregory Franklin Holcomb. My grandfather's nickname was Frank. My mother's name is Linda. They thought it was a great idea quite some time ago, and I really didn't have a choice in the matter. and and i've tried to switch to greg twice and um uh, after leaving college and uh i just can't do it It, it, in my line of work being around equipment and things and food manufacturing plants i would uh it would be dangerous for me to not answer and or or not know that they were going to tell me look out for that big pot of oil or something so i (laughs) i just um i i just i stuck with it my wife says I didn't get the memo from the uh, college professors, but anyway, so that's that's how I got Lynn. Well, I wanted to get that out there in case somebody looks you up on QRZ.com and says, wait a minute, <laughs> this is not this fellow's name. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing is that with the, the you know, I was licensed in 1990, and um, back then, it, you know, people just asked you your name and they wrote it down and they went on. And now with the, with the, uh, the, with the internet, uh, with QRZ, and pre-populating logs and all that, I get Gregory a lot, so I just roll with it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, the reason we're talking, Lynn, is that I found out in the amateur radio press that uh, you are operating an experimental station, WL2UXP, and you're doing it outside the ham band, specifically on 40 megahertz, correct? Well, I'm going to correct you on one thing. Okay. It's WL2XUP. WL2XUP, okay. And that X is very important because it looks like a ham radio call sign to almost everybody, right? From Alaska, even. But the X tells the FCC that it's an experimental station. So that that's, uh, I've gotten that a few times as well. Um, you know, people asking me about it is they think um, in Alaska I had to get QRZ to fix it, and, and you know, and they were, they were very gracious and, and handled it. But, yeah, so... I, I had been looking at um, the operations in Ireland, and I've always been one of these people who's been interested in um, unusual bands and ham radio. Even when I was studying for my technician, I was interested in, you know, why aren't people on 900 megahertz in 1990? Um, so actually, I participated in um, the rewrite of the band plan in Sierra Land for, um, for getting 25 megahertz split. So I've, I've been kind of in this... I want to do something unusual um, in ham radio as well as the usual fun stuff. But um, I just got a wild hair one night and uh, went on the FCC website and applied for an experimental license. And lo and behold, to my surprise, they approved it. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, and you've answered part of it. Can can any ham apply for an experimental license? How does this work? Well, anyone, not even a ham, can apply for an experimental license. I went trolling through the ones that were issued before and after mine and found stuff like uh spacex and um the 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 the, the rocket people associated with um, 
Blue Origin. Um, uh, so you don't even actually have to be a ham. This is used also a lot of times for proof of concept for new pieces of equipment. Um, but in general, it's supposed to be for some sort of scientific experiment. So I had kind of thought of a scientific experiment regarding this and, and a lot of curiosity with eSkip lately um, and, and how that works and how it differs. And, you know, we have a big jump from 10 meters to six meters. Yes. And it, and I mean, that's a, that's a pretty wide jump considering how E-layer propagation works and potentially F-layer propagation. Um, and so I kind of thought up a study of how I could do this. And I, and I put that into the license and applied for it. And um, for both 40 and 72 megahertz, which oh, okay. um, so four meters or 70 megahertz in Europe is a very active handband, um, uh, apparently. And uh, so, we, you know, we had some success with 40 megahertz and we're going to we're going to hopefully have some success on uh, four meters as well. How long, Lynn, between the time you actually submitted your application, how long, how much time passed between that time and the time that you actually got the authorization? It, it seems like it took about 30 days. Um, it seems like they kind of have a, um, uh, you know, they, they want to get this stuff turned around. I think that in the past it had taken a long time and there had been some, you know, political pushback and stuff about how long it was taking. I mean, we all know that the FCC is highly underfunded for what their, what their scope is. Um, so I was actually surprised that they came back within 30 days. Um, and as I said, kind of surprised they came back with a yes, but you know, um, I came up with a good, uh, a good experimental plan and laid that out. Um, so there's science in here. It's not just uh, Hey, let's see if we can talk from here to here. Right. <laughs> and how long does the authorization last? I believe it lasts through July of 2024, but I, or 2023. Um, however, it's renewable um, upon application. They want their, you know, they if there's a problem, obviously they can terminate at any time. But also to maintain this and make sure that there's not people just, you know, wandering around that have an experimental license that really should have a a permanent license and be in a permanent home, um, so to speak. Certainly. Well, I've been particularly intrigued by what you've been doing on eight meters. And specifically, what is the actual frequency? 40 point what? So the I, so what I did is I applied for the ISM band, which is 40.66 to 40.7, kind of figuring that would be a good, um, uh, have a good potential um, because it also overlaps with, um, I believe it's Sylvania, um, and Ireland have an allocation there for ham radio. And, but my, my actual dial frequency, you know, we got this dial frequency issue, like 60 meters. Um, so my dial frequency that I'm using is 40.662 upper sideband. And then I'm transmitting either whisper, um, or, uh, FT8, um, at the suggestion of, um, of Dr. Taylor K1JT to to send um, some FT8 as well at um, 60 or sorry 40.6635, which is 40.662 up 1500 hertz. So it's dead in the middle of the waterfall 
uh, on FD8 and uh, and Whisper. How long has your beacon been operational so far? So only a few days. Uh, you know, I had been playing with it um, and trying to get it working and and dealing with different pieces of hardware and had had some kind of some struggles with that since the grant. Um, and within three days of it being on the air, and there it goes, it's transmitting right now. Um, it, within three days of it being on the air, I was able to work the bugs out and, and get a decent antenna up. Um, ironically enough, I, I live, and I hope this is okay, I, I, I live two miles from a major ham radio store located in Atlanta. Well, of course. And I went, and I <laughs> went over there to... Um, because I was like, okay, I, I, I don't have a mobile in the car that'll do this, and I need to, and I needed a center insulator to build an antenna and some other stuff, and it's dangerous to live that close to a ham radio store, by the way. And um, so I popped over there, and I was like, hey, can you? Which one of these is on an antenna? I need to listen. He goes, well, what band? And I go, well, it's forty megahertz. And he goes, forty meters? I go, no, 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 forty <laughs> megahertz. Well, you can't, you, you can't be transmitting there. I'm like, well, you can't. I can right now, but. Anyway, it's a long story, but can we just turn one of these? And I couldn't hear it two miles away, so I knew that I was having some major <laughs> issues. So I started going through and found a bad jumper after the uh, after after some uh, filters and and stuff that that was masking the SWR. So anyway, um, it, within a couple of days of getting that going, um, the the beacon was received by a local ham. Uh, on his remote um, when I was working with him, uh, KD4Z, and I was able to hear it in, in um, I'm in EM73. I was able to hear it in EM74 with his help. And uh, and so that was the first first person to hear it. But then, uh, then we got some surprises. Oh, well, before you describe the surprises, if you could back up just a little bit, what kind of antenna are you using? What did you end up with? Well, I was playing with a lot of really complicated stuff, and, and I thought back to my ham radio class that I took from the Clearwater, Florida Amateur Radio Society in 1990. <laughs> if in doubt, try a dipole. There you <laughs> so, go. Li- literally, I said, okay, let's let's throw out everything I've been trying that was complicated, and let's just – because I knew that there were some upcoming openings. Okay, and so I had seen that there were some big openings um, happening, and we were having some transatlantic six meter. And I was like, I, I got to get something on the air. So let's just let's go back to basics. And I put up a dipole, and my license, unlike a ham radio license, you have to be very accurate with the FCC, and you're not allowed to just do anything you want. So you have to tell them what you're using. So my license for this was submitted with omnidirectional only. Um, so I thought, okay, well, let's just be to the letter of the license. It, absolutely. And I put up a, a dipole suspended vertically. So it's, it's literally blue 18 gauge wire and a center insulator hung from a tree. Well, Hey, whatever works. It, it, yeah. And, and then we got, then we got big surprises because I was not expecting, um, at reception. I mean, I, I, I kind of talked about it on the eight meter forum. It's actually a forum for eight and five meters, which there's no way I could do here because there's this pesky little thing called TV channels in the middle of the way. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> the TV channel four here would have really not been happy. Um, it wouldn't have gotten approved. So I just didn't even try. 
Okay. And so what now are your surprises or what were your initial surprises? So, so I put it on the air and I had talked about it on Facebook group. So it, it got picked up by a blog, um, a ham radio blog in um, Ireland that I was on the air and uh, by EI seven GL. And so that I think got some people tuning in, so to speak. And, um, and it got picked up on another ham radio website as well. And so first was, um, let's see, VE three QC in FN 25, um, via whisper. Uh, WhisperNet reported it back. Now, if you go to Whisper, there's no um, eight meter um, search for the band, so you have to go to uh, the database function and search for the for the call for my call for the experimental license call. And so, then shortly after that, it it got a little better and a little better with him and a little better, and then it faded out um, and it peaked. Um, around a minus uh let's see here about a minus 25 so not a huge signal but you know wouldn't it wouldn't have worked with ft8 but with whisper it did work and then in the middle of that g7 puv in england picked it up and uh and his signal peaked at around let's see what was about a minus 16 which is which is definitely ft8 territory oh yeah so so in potentially even voice territory and, and definitely CW territory. So um, I got some messages back and forth with these people. And I also want to throw out a, uh, a shout out to, um, to uh, VE2 DLC. He's, he's friends with VE3 QC and they got together and, and uh, he's over in FN 58. So he was also receiving it. Um, and then we have one more final receiver. Um, and this was interesting because those those guys were all e-skip, and the 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 um the the station in England was multi-hop, you know, maybe three four hop e-skip. Yes. But then um, a guy in in uh, North Carolina, an EM ninety five, picked it up via what I think was probably Tropo. So these are you know this is all new, you know this is all new stuff um, since it's a different band knowing how it's going to behave is a little interesting because, you know, I don't think we see a lot of tropo on 10 meters. So here we've got a little tropo happening at 40. How much power are you running on whisper? So it's between 10 and 20 Watts. Um, just so that the radio doesn't overheat and such, because it's on about a 20% duty cycle. So, um, two minutes out of every 10 it will transmit so if you just tune in there and listen and say oh he's not there then you you gotta you gotta wait around for 10 minutes at least and if you do ft8 uh what about your power level there i gotta cut it back even more because it, it, it you know unless i'm in the shack and i'm just gonna sit here i have to run it back even more because the duty cycle there's not a there's not a way for the software to say beacon in ft8 you know it's not intended for that it's intended for two-way QSOs. so looking at a way to potentially modify that i'm not a coder so if you're messing around with 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 wsjt code and you're a coder shoot me an email because i need some help because i don't i don't know how to <laughs> i'm not i'm not of the era where you had to learn that to get your degree in in you know in, <laughs> in university so 
I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I learned Apple basic, uh, and, and that's not going to cut it with this, with this stuff. I would have to learn to sharpen my pencil in a whole new way. I think we may have a number of coders that listen to this podcast. Uh, do you, do, you, you, do you want to broadcast your email? Sure. Um, it's L I N Lima, India, November at N I four Y dot radio. That's it. Oh, that's easy to remember. Yeah, I got one of those fancy radio, dot radio ones. At least when you're running Whisper. Are you running this 24-7? Um, I try to, uh, but I live in Atlanta, Georgia, or nearabouts. And we have these pesky little thunderstorms here quite often. And uh, yesterday I left it on, and uh, I saw on our Facebook neighborhood Facebook group that there was a lightning strike right out somebody's house that was down the street from me. And I... I oh I drove home with much scare with much with much fear that the that the radio had uh, had uh, smoked but um, it had not so we were lucky <laughs> so I try to leave it on as much as I can but but yeah sometimes we do turn it off and particularly if it's not a, at a time of day at which um, or it doesn't look like it's going to be a good e skip day then I might turn it off now, I should I point to, I should point well, out that. Anybody that has, uh, well, a transceiver with extended receive coverage or, say, uh, an SDR receiver or whatever, they can eavesdrop on your beacon. Yes, this is true. And, and, and please do. <laughs> because um, if not, I'm just this guy shouting to nothing at the top of a mountain. I mean, if you, if you want to talk about the deadest of all dead bands, um, eight meters in the United States is like nothing. I mean, it, there's, um, you know, it's, it's without anybody hearing me, the experiment is, is pretty, pretty useless. So we're trying to get some people to listen, monitor and report back. And that's one of the things I'd like to talk to somebody that that's a coder about is coming up with data collection and, um, to kind of let the cat out of the bag with a, with an application that I'm very soon to file. We have, I have located a few other stations um to request to the fcc to add to the license um and we may request to ex i'm also requesting to slightly extend the frequency range so if you're listening to this in the future please come back and and check um wl2xup on qrz for the current frequencies because they may have to change due to you know the fcc was very serious about if I interfere with anybody, I have to move or the license will be terminated. So please stay up to date. You know, if you're trying to listen, go there first and, and double check because we're going to have the dial frequency and how to do it and all that. Excellent. And this is real science. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea here is I want to transmit this um, signal and I want to also, I would like to also um, transmit um, amateur signals on 10 so it signals on 10 with a ham radio call sign signals on eight with the experimental license signals on six with the ham radio call sign and signals on four or very close to four uh with the experimental license and then data collect that information to better understand how these frequency jumps are impacted by e-skip um the spotlighting effect that we see on six meters where you know you can hear the DX station, but your neighbor one grid square away is you're on 
on Facebook with them and then you're going, well, I don't see him. What, why, you know, we don't really fully understand why all that stuff is going on. So I hope that this experiment will be able to, you know, get enough people listening and get a few more people transmitting, um, and, uh, and, and be able to do that. And, and the thing I would say is, and please don't everybody email me, but, um, if you have or want to do this and you happen to have, um, it seems like the easiest one to modify is a, is an IC 7100 and you live in the Northwest United States or the Northeast United States or Hawaii, or Puerto Rico. I want to talk to you because we've got people in other places, but I don't have people there and that to be transmitters. And so I want to select one station in each of those places <laughs> to add to the license potentially. And, um, haven't had a lot of success, um, finding people in those spots. So now I will get 8 million emails. <laughs> Probably so. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lynn, thank you. This has been really interesting and, uh, I will be listening for you as well. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we'll, we'll, and listen for the, um, and uh, or please go back to the website and check. I'm I'm working out a uh, a four meter frequency with the with the Brits, uh, so that they can hear me because their land mobile is on 72. So I'll transmit on 72, and they're going to listen, and I'm going to listen on 70, and hopefully we'll have a transatlantic on four meters for another first. You bet. Thanks, Lynn. All right, seven three. Tune in again for the next episode of Eclectic Tech. Produced by ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Music is provided by Purple Planet at purpleplanet.com. If you have comments, email eclectic at arrl.org. This episode is copyright ARRL and all rights are reserved. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW. See you next time. <laughs>